Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, there was one person noticeably absent from the sideline this weekend at the Michigan-Penn State game, the Big Ten slapping Jim Harbaugh with a punishment that we have long been waiting for. What does this mean for the program? What does it mean for Jim Harbaugh? We're going to get into all of that and so much more. Outkick the Morning starts right now. Hello, hello, everybody. Good morning. Happy Monday. We have made it through the weekend. Uh, the weekend always goes so fast. I say that every single week, but it really does. But thanks for being here. Thanks for getting up early with me or whenever you have decided to tune in on this fabulous Monday. I'm Charlie Arnold. Of course, this is Outkick the Morning. Uh, what a weekend it was also. UFC 295 taking place right here in New York City at Madison Square Garden. I, of course, was there. It was an awesome event. Completely star-studded. Like, every single place I looked, I'm not joking, I saw a celebrity. I was like, oh, wasn't expecting to see you. Oh, wasn't expecting to see you. Uh, but of course, right across the way from me, there was one man who completely stole the show. I remember the last time that UFC was at Madison Square Garden. Uh, he also stole the show. Oh, also when UFC was in Vegas, also stole the show. You probably know who I'm talking about, and that is something we will get into because uh, I don't want to give any spoilers for those who are living under a rock. Uh, but first, let's talk about a guy who was noticeably missing from action this weekend, and that, of course, was Jim Harbaugh. He was barred from coaching Michigan's game versus Penn State on Saturday. This came after the Big Ten suspended Harbaugh on Friday for the final three regular season games as Tony Petiti's decision finally came down. 23 days after evidence of Michigan's sign-stealing bubble to the surface, but already on Friday, Michigan's president, Santa Ono, said the university is seeking a court order to overturn Harbaugh's suspension. So... What happened in Michigan's, or rather in Harbaugh's absence in Happy Valley, while Michigan offensive coordinator Sharon Moore became the interim coach and under his watch beat the Wolverines, or I'm sorry, beat, guys, sorry, it's Monday. Let, let me get through this. Michigan beat Penn State 24 to 15, a victory that was very emotional for Moore. Listen to how he reacted. To say that this has been a crazy 24 hours for your guys, to win on the road in this environment when there were doubts. Jerome, what does it mean to you? Well, I thank the Lord. Well, I thank Coach Harbaugh. Fucking love you, man. Love the shit out of you, man. This is for you. For this university, the president, our AD. We got the best players, best university, best alumni in the country. Love you guys. These fucking guys right here. These guys right here, man. These guys did it. These guys did it, man. Talk to him, man. Love you. He's really happy, huh? Uh, okay. I am super excited for Michigan because to be able to get a victory when your head coach absent uh, is definitely something to be proud of. It's a massive accomplishment, especially for this offensive coordinator who was forced to step in last minute as interim head coach. Uh, what does it say about his skill and his talent? I think that it probably screams head future, head future head coach, uh, probably for him. So that's fabulous. But I also want to address the fact that 
He was bawling his eyes out on camera. Uh, listen, I don't want to harp on this every single week, but my reaction to Caleb Williams bawling his eyes out after his team lost last week garnered so much of a reaction when it was posted on social media that I, I gotta say I was alarmed. I did not expect people to react so harshly to the fact that I said he shouldn't be crying in the manner that he did. Let me be very clear about this. I am not opposed to men crying. That is not what I'm saying here. I think that everyone has the right to be emotional and to show that emotion in whatever way that they feel best. But on the same token, I think there's a time and a place for people to be so emotional. I even think that there's a time and a place for a woman to be so emotional, because that was the thing, that was the reaction I was getting. Oh, well, what about women? Oh, this is just man-hating. It's not, because for example, I also believe that if I'm the leader of a team and I'm expected to be with my teammates in the locker room, then I should be there showing emotion with them in private rather than jumping into my mother's arms over a barricade and then embracing her with the cameras on me crying for minutes on end. That is how I feel. I also feel, for example, you know, if you're in a work situation, like I know that athletics is a work environment, whereas for me being in a TV studio or an office is a work environment. So would I come to work and just bawl my eyes out if a show didn't go my way? No, I wouldn't. That would be inappropriate. Uh, that's the same thing. As I, I know sports it feels a little bit different, but it's still a work environment any way you look at it. So I think that there's a time and a place to show that type of emotion. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna get on uh, Coach Moore's back about all this. Uh, he cried, it is what it is. Uh, but I do think there needs to be just like a little bit of evaluating uh, the extent of the emotion that's getting showed. It just seems like more and more often we're seeing these grown men cry in all different types of situations. And I think that it is increasing from the past rate that we have seen them uh, in years past. But, uh, what do I know? I'm not a man, okay? Maybe maybe I'm missing something. So I think it's only appropriate to bring in an actual man. Maybe he can shed a little bit of light on this as well as the entire Michigan and Jim Harbaugh situation. Uh, but actually, we're gonna wait on that for just a minute. Uh, we do have a very special guest coming in though uh, in just a, hopefully a minute or two longer from now. Uh, so let's, let's just keep expounding on this topic here. Um, I'm really not sure if I'm missing something because there was a very... I'll say, I'll call it split reaction uh, when the video was posted about Caleb Williams, uh, which is interesting because not so many comments after I said it on the show, because I think maybe everyone's in the same vein of thinking as far as all of this is concerned, who's watching this program. Uh, but I will say when it was posted on social media and released to the masses, that there was such a stark contrast in how people were feeling that I just didn't know how to interpret it. Uh, there's a lot of people who told me that it's Men's Mental Health Awareness Month, which I understand, and that's great. And I think everybody should be paying attention to their mental health. Uh, I know that I pay attention to mine, uh, but I do think that what I said wasn't so crazy. I just said that I think the manner in which he cried a little bit... <laughs> I don't, I don't want to use the word that I was going to use. Um, maybe just a little bit inappropriate for the time being. Uh, but I do wanna to touch on something about mental health actually right now because it's something I was thinking about this morning. And now that it's gotten so dark outside, uh, what do we wake up now? It's, it's bright outside, but then it, the sun goes down at like 4.45, which for me is horrible. Uh, I think most people feel that way. Uh, for me, being in the darkness for so long actually does affect my mental health. 
Uh, it's called seasonal affective disorder. I haven't actually officially been diagnosed as it, uh, but I, I do think that I suffer from it a little bit somewhat. Uh, and it's when, when it gets dark out and you, in the winter months, you just get a little bit down. So I feel like I definitely have that. I think we need to do away with this whole idea of um, daylight savings time. It doesn't serve any purpose anymore. And I think even the farmers who it did at one point serve are even saying that it doesn't make any sense anymore. So, okay. Okay, so we are still waiting on our guest. I want to make that very clear. And it is someone that you need to stick around for because he's fantastic. Uh, but in the meantime, let's go back to this past weekend. UFC 295. Uh, there was, like I said, tons of people in the building. It was a sold-out stadium, sold-out arena at Madison Square Garden. It is the absolute mecca of what it means to have an athletic event there. And, of course, there was one man... Not the fighters. The fighters also elicited lots of applause, lots of cheers from the crowd. But there was one guy in specific who, when he walked in, the place went absolutely wild. Watch this. This is the biggest rambling I've ever gone on. <laughs> there he is. President Trump, the man after everyone's hearts. I mean, come on. If that's the type of reaction you get from the crowd at Madison Square Garden, which, let's, by the way, New York, we all know, very is very liberal environment. So if MSG is going that crazy over Trump, just imagine the support that he has all over the country. Uh, people are sick and tired of seeing what's going on with him. Uh, that was by far the loudest cheer of the night. I'm going to say it. Uh, there was plenty of knockouts, a fabulous card, but... The reaction to Trump walking into the building, insane. And he was totally crewed up. I mean, the people that were surrounding him when he walked in, we had Dana White, Kid Rock, Don Jr., several others. Uh, I called them Team Common Sense uh, because every single person in that group really just stands for common sense. Uh, they are tired of the insanity that we are seeing each and every day going on in this country. Uh, they are the good guys, and I was so excited to see everybody there. Uh, this is my vantage point, actually. I was like right across, I was sitting on the floor, fantastic seats, thank you, Dana White. Uh, so I was looking straight at Trump pretty much the entire time and his crew, and uh, honestly, part of me was just excited to see that group as I was to watch the fights. Uh, but let's talk about the fights because it was a ridiculous main card. As someone who works for UFC, big fan of UFC, there are some nights where these cards absolutely drag on. Still good fights, uh, but you're looking at lots of decisions. You're looking at fights that go the distance. On this main card, every single one resulted in a knockout. And that is not something you ordinarily see because uh, a lot of times you're in these arenas until 1, 1.30 in the morning. Uh, we actually, I think we're out of there by, I think, midnight. So uh, everything was moving on really quickly. So let's just quickly run down what the main card results were because, again, fantastic finishes. Uh, what a show. In every single fight on the main card, the winners received a performance bonus. There were seven performance bonuses handed out at UFC 295, also a number you do not ordinarily see. But Dana White obviously feeling very generous. Uh, his fighters put on a fantastic show. That is the exact um, excitement that they want to drum up, and that's what UFC is uh, hoping to probably present each and every time moving forward. So let's quickly run down the results. We had Diego Lopez knocking out Pat Sabatini, a flurry of strikes at 1.30 in round one. Very quick finish. Then we had Benoit Saint-Denis finishing Matt Frivola with a head kick and punches at 131 of round one. Uh, so just stopping right there, 
already first two fights of the main card done in the first round. And I do want to actually mention that I was, I was a little bit sad because Benoit Saint-Denis, he did show out. He's fantastic. Uh, his call-outs after the fight, also fantastic. But we just had Matt Frivola on the show this past week. Team USA, I really was hoping to see him get a victory. Uh, so that was a little bit disappointing just from a personal standpoint. But you know what? You know what they say? May the best man win, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, then we moved to some women's action. We had Jessica Andrade knocking out Mackenzie Dern, 315 of round two. But I will say that fight also almost this close to ending in round one. So saved by the bell in that round. Uh, then we moved on to the co-main event. This one was awesome. It was Tom Aspinall. Sergey Pavlovich literally falling down like a tree, and that is a big dude. This was a heavyweight fight. Uh, this happened 109 of round one, and of course, with that, Tom Aspinall became the interim heavyweight champion. Uh, I was really excited to see this result also because back in July, when I was in London covering the UFC fight, uh, that was when Tom Aspinall was also in action, and um, he had such a fabulous performance that uh, to see him come in, I mean, really the strides that he has made, uh, Michael Bisping posted a lot about it on his Instagram over the course of the weekend. He was kind of mentoring Aspinall in a bit of a sense. Uh, it's just been really cool to see. Tom Aspinall is a really good guy, tremendous dude, and uh, ultra talented. So to see him become interim heavyweight champion, top notch. Uh, so now we find out what happens when John Jones and Tom Aspinall face off for that undisputed heavyweight title. That's going to be one for the ages. Uh, and then finally, in the main event, we had Alex Pereira defeating Yuri Prohaska by knockout, using his elbows, 408 of round two, to become the new light heavyweight champ. Uh, so that was awesome. I mean, some of the quickest fights I have seen in a row, uh, at least in my time of watching UFC Live. So it was really cool. And also, we got to give a shout out to UFC, not just for putting on such a fantastic show, UFC 295 at Madison Square Garden, but also, we need to wish them a happy universe. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Uh, because yesterday marked 30 years of UFC's uh, debut, UFC 1, happening in Denver 30 years ago yesterday. Uh, and there was also one knockout that did not happen inside the Octagon this weekend, but also dealt with the UFC. And it really should be in the mainstream headlines, but unfortunately it's not. Uh, as with our many things happening in the same vein of what I'm about to talk about, we had a pro-Palestinian protest over the weekend. I actually was stuck in one of them coming to Fox on Friday night. I was coming to be on Jesse Waters and couldn't even get around traffic uh, because there was a pro-Palestine protest that was absolutely taking up the streets, blocking everybody off. No one could get to where they were going. Uh, it was insane. I can't believe police aren't able to do their jobs in this type of climate, but I'm going to tell you why. And this was another example of it. Uh, there's so much going on in New York City right now as far as these protests are concerned that police really can't do their jobs. Uh, in this particular incident during this protest that I'm talking about right now, uh, there was so much going on and it was getting so violent, so crazy that it forced police to take refuge inside a train station, also inside of other buildings. And this, of course, without their presence, was allowing these protesters, these pro-Palestinian protesters, to disrupt traffic like I just mentioned. They were breaking windows. They're harassing innocent bystanders. And this included a van full of UFC personnel, which also included former light heavyweight champ Jamal Hill. Watch this and you will see just how crazy it got. Hey, yo. Hey, we got too much to fucking worry about. Hey, right other than adding shit I'm to trying this. to leave. I'm trying, no. We're trying to leave downtown. We being at, our bus is being attacked right now by some, okay. something. Some protest or something that's going on. They're throwing, they're breaking our windows and all this and that. 
You know, like, bro, I have many of my people down here downtown. And you really got me, bro. Come get these people up got, off our bus, bro. Now, but he's by himself. He's about to get fucked. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I need, man, I need bro. you to stay calm right now. Seriously. Bro, what is, bro? This is, this is, this is. Bro, something hit me in my face, bro. Like, no, when you hit the fucking glass. When you hit the glass, bro, something hit me in my face, bro. Because we kind of bumped cheeks and it in my face. I just, this is such a. horrible is this? Uh, to be in a van stuck in the midst of a protest, people trying to break the windows of your van, something hitting you in the face. Um, I, I just don't understand. Uh, you're protesting the war in the Middle East. What does that have to do with you creating violence in the streets of New York City? That, and that's the problem, because when you also see the other side of what's going on, you see the Jews uh, who are trying to support Israel having their own protest. Are they being violent? No. Uh, is anyone who's pro-Israel, who's protesting in New York City being violent? No, they're being very peaceful. They're holding vigils. Uh, they're getting together calmly and trying to uh, prove their point in a very, very mild manner. And that's how it should be. This is why you know this is just BS, because these people just want to incite violence. Uh, they don't really have any points that they're proving. I'm pretty sure a lot of the people in the streets who are on the pro-Palestine side don't even know why they're there. Uh, they're, they're just there to cause destruction and violence. And that's what we're seeing, especially with the BLM movement. Same thing. The people that were protesting uh, in favor of BLM are the same people that are out in the streets for pro-Palestine movements. Um, let's bring in Amber Heard right now. She's an OutKick contributor. And uh, she just wrote a story. It was posted at OutKick. What did I say? Did I say Amber Heard? Oh my gosh, Amber Harding. Can we bring her in so I can apologize for calling her Amber Heard? Amber, I just called you Amber Heard. That, I'm sorry, my brain this morning is just like, I'm on like another, I think I'm on another planet. It's, it's, it's okay. It's Monday, Charlie. But yeah, I'm Amber Harding. Don't, don't give me Amber Heard's reputation. You're Amber Harding. Yeah, Amber Heard and Amber Harding are two very different women, and they should never be confused again. Um, okay, Amber, let's talk about the pro-Palestine protests. Jamal Hill getting stuck in a van along with other UFC personnel in what was really a very scary situation. Uh, no one should find themselves in a situation like that. Uh, what gives here? I mean, when does it end? And I don't understand it. It just seems like the violence is for naught right now. Like there's no real point that they're trying to prove. I mean, to try to break the windows of a random van. And then also, you, know, you could hear them also cursing uh, the UFC fighters. You heard Jamal Hill saying they were like, oh, UFC guys aren't even that tough. What point are they trying to prove here? I, I really, I don't know. It's all this chaos to demand a ceasefire in Gaza. So it's all this chaos in the name of peace which makes absolutely no sense. Like you said, we saw the same thing exactly. with the BLM riots. Um, you know, this is always coming from one side. I've never seen conservative protesters breaking, breaking windows and burning down buildings or anything like that. But you look at like the, the wild contrast between what you were just talking about, the inside the arena, all the people cheering for Trump, and then outside the arena, what was happening. And it's crazy that nobody yeah. was covering what happened to Jamal Hill. Robbie Lawler was also in that van. Um, the only reason I saw it is because a friend had sent me Jamal's Instagram video. And I was like, holy cow, why is no one oh, talking about okay. this? They, they got their tires slashed, their windows broken. It was, it was absolutely wild. Yeah, I can't believe, I mean, that seems like something that would have hit the mainstream news pretty instantly, but 
I guess because it was a pro-Palestine rally, it didn't. I mean, if it was a pro-Israel rally, not that that ever would have happened uh, among those groups of protesters, but you think in that case, we would have heard about it sooner? Oh, absolutely. Not, not a doubt in my mind. But this is, you know, like I said, it's all this chaos in the name of peace. It's not just been in New York. It's been all over the country. We saw it in Washington, D.C., where protesters were storming the Capitol in the White House, leaving bloody handprints on the White House gate or fake bloody handprints. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm old enough to remember when storming government buildings made you a terrorist and an insurrectionist. Right. Um, but now apparently it's, it's OK. So everyone has the right to speak their mind peacefully. But um, we love the First Amendment, but you don't have the right to terrorize people and destroy cities. And it's not something we can tolerate in our civilized society. And unfortunately, I think we're going to have to probably tolerate it for uh, a little bit longer. Uh, I say a little bit just because it's this figure of speech, but I do not see this type of thing going away, uh, especially with our leadership uh, in this country who's doing absolutely nothing Uh, to resolve the problems. And also on that same note, um, it feels like anyone who tries to speak out against what's going on in our country immediately finds themselves in hot water. I mean, let's talk about Mayor Eric Adams. Uh, The timing of that seems very peculiar to me. Uh, The fact that he just spoke out against immigration in New York City, uh, does not want New York City to be a sanctuary city. And now suddenly, oh, oh, he also went down to Mexico and told them, hey, we don't want you know, the American dream to become a nightmare for you. Please don't come. I mean, that was, you know, he took a very strong stand. And now suddenly, Amber, he's being investigated. Interesting timing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's funny how how that happens. It's just um, it's back to the some of the fighting stuff uh, we saw over the, over the weekend. Um, there was an MMA fighter who came out with a, a, a shirt that said, they indicted Trump before anyone on Epstein's client list. And so that is just another example, just like Mayor Eric Adams, of these these mixed up priorities that our government has, that our prosecutors have. Um, It's all an agenda. And if you don't go along with that agenda, that you're you've got an an immediate target on your back. Uh, Yeah. And talking about the policies in this country, uh, this is something it's just a repetitive issue that we continuously bring up here on Outkick because it does not seem to be going away because this is happening once again. Uh, on Saturday, Amber, there was a biological male runner who identifies as a female at Maine Coast Waldorf High School in Freeport. And they finished sixth among the women at the New England Cross Country Finals, whereas if they would have been competing in the male division where, you know, that's where they belong, uh, they would have finished 215th out of 257. So... Amber, it's just like, please, for the love of God, what is it going to take to stop the assault on women and also on women's sports? I mean, it's going to take these organizations actually standing up for what's right. I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it until I'm blue in the face. It's so much easier to hide behind that shield of equity and inclusion than it is to stand up for fairness and common sense. Common sense is that men are bigger, stronger, faster. They have 15 times the testosterone that we have. And it's really tough to compete with that. You know, before the main um, the main principals association, I believe it is, that's the governing body for high school sports in Maine, said that transgenders could not compete in the female category if there was an unfair athletic advantage. But then the Maine Human Rights Act in 2021 was amended so that you cannot discriminate 
based on gender. So there are no, there are no rules as far as testosterone or anything like that. It's just anybody can compete. And this particular runner that you're talking about um, was in the boys division as a freshman. Now they're a sophomore and they're competing with girls. Same thing happened in the 5k. You talked about the ranking in the, in the cross country in the 5k, this person was ranked 172nd among boys in the state. Now he's ranked fourth among girls. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is you're never seeing the top elite athletes crossing over, right? You have, let's say a man who ranks in the top 50, right? I mean, I, I even, maybe even like slightly lower. I mean, that, those are, that's a great ranking. Uh, you don't see those men then deciding, oh, I'm, I'm going to identify as a woman and compete against the women because they don't need to. They're already elite male athletes. So it wouldn't make sense to make that transition. Uh, it's only a very select group of people, you know, like we just mentioned, the ones that are ranking 171st among the males who are like, hey, you know what? I found a loophole. Let me try this out. And maybe my ranking will improve. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and female sports, women's sports should not be a fallback plan for mediocre male athletes. But that's that's really what we're seeing here. And World Athletics, which is the governing body for track and field, doesn't allow males to compete in the female category if they've gone through male puberty, which is, is going to be pretty much all of these people, um, including this high school runner that we're talking about. So this high school runner is not going to be able to compete with the women past the collegiate level, but while he's doing it now, he's taking away podium spots and scholarship opportunities from these really hardworking high school girls. Um, and you never know what the implications of that could be down the road for them. Uh, yeah, and there's a, you know, I guess she uh, identifies herself as a feminist, uh, but she is the least woman touting person, at least uh, publicly in, in, in sports right now, and that's Megan Rapinoe. Uh, she actually had the nerve, Amber, to say that God doesn't exist over the weekend. She played her final game of her career. Uh, she got injured, which karma, I don't know. I'm not saying anything. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, but she said, quote, I'm not a religious person or anything, but if there was a God, like this is proof that there isn't. This is effed up. It's just effed up six minutes in and I eat my Achilles. What do you think, Amber? Karma, would you say that? Would you go as far to say that that's what's happening here? Uh, you know, I'm actually, I'm impressed, Charlie, because I did not think it was possible to be more self-important than she already was, but you did it, Megan, you did it. Um, it's <laughs> the, the narcissism that come, that just seeps out of her is yeah. absolutely remarkable. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly what that was. It, it was karma. The, the Lord does not care about your Achilles tendon, Megan. He has bigger fish to fry. So um, I just, yeah, I heard that. And I was <laughs> like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be surprised, but I was a little surprised that, that she went that far. Uh, it's I, it's a fitting ending yeah, for uh, a heck of a career. It, it is very, very fitting. And you're right. I, I love that she feels like God was completely, you know, focused on her in her final game of her career instead of all of the other atrocities that are occurring around the globe. Yes. Yes, Megan, you were the priority for God. And he decided that, you know what? He was going to make sure that you weren't able to play the final game of your career. It makes total sense. Yeah, uh, exactly. Okay, let's let's move on to someone who seems a lot happier with their life. Uh, some of their questions 
or their decisions questionable, but we will we will see beyond that. Uh, Taylor Swift, she is completely dominating the game right now. I mean, she is by far the biggest celebrity on the globe right now. And it was, her concert is occurring in Argentina right now. It's the international leg of her tour. And Travis Kelsey just happened to be on a bye week this week. So he decided to make a little bit of a cameo. And I gotta say, when I saw him show up and I saw her reaction, I was floored. So let's take a look at it and react. Okay, so Amber running off the stage straight into the arms of Travis Kelsey, giving him the biggest kiss, and they obviously disappear under that little overhang section. Okay, I was one of the biggest cynics at the beginning. I was like, no way, this is real. This is for publicity, or she's just going through a phase, or he wants attention, he wants clout. I don't know. I think I'm reconsidering. I feel like this this seems and feels real now. It, it truly feels like she's in love. She even changed one of the lyrics at her concert uh, to reflect uh, what Travis Kelsey did. So I don't know, Amber, what do you think? Please weigh in here because now I'm like, I'm mind blown. I, I am, I'm with you. I honestly, I thought this entire time when it first started happening, and the NFL was playing it up so much, I was like, this is a publicity stunt. It's a good one, but it's a publicity stunt. If it is still a stunt, then uh, they're really committing to the bit because that was that was something I was actually really, really surprised to see that. And Argentina is quite the commitment. That's not just, you know, going going to New York City or going to going to Texas for a yeah. World Series game. That's a Argentina's a, a commitment. Now, look, I, I I'm admittedly not a Swifty. I don't listen to her music. Don't don't come after me, guys. Um, but I, I I'm not I'm not either. It's, I'm not either. We're on the same same team. there. <laughs> I was trying to remember if any of her past relationships had been so talked about and I'm not sure that they they have and I mean I can name some people that I've heard she dated but we didn't get the constant play-by-play I mean you had like Harry Styles and Jake Gyllenhaal and some very famous people people that you could argue are more famous than Travis Kelsey and we didn't hear about it every day and I'm just wondering if it's because he's in sports and that's the the kind of media that I pay attention to, or if this is just absolutely blowing up way more than any of her past relationships. Well, I think sports definitely has something to do with it because I think it's true. You and I pay more attention to sports news and media, maybe more so than like the e-newses of the world. Uh, but also I think Taylor Swift, I mean, she's been super famous for such a long time now, but it was with her era's tour that she really, I think, took it to another level. I mean, she broke Ticketmaster. There was that whole scandal, however long ago that was. I feel like that, you know, started, like, making more mainstream headlines. And then with her tour, I mean, she's now a billionaire as the result of her tour. She literally helped the U.S. economy with her tour. So I feel like she has just taken her status and celebrity to a whole other level, where now no matter who it is that she's dating, but I do think the fact that it's in sports makes a difference. I just feel like more people know about Taylor Swift now because, I mean, I don't, I don't know the numbers, but I think when it's all said and done, she may surpass even Michael Jackson as being the most famous artist of all time. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right about that. That's a great point. And her fans too are just, they're next level. You know, like I, I, I'm a fan of they're music, I'm a fan of sports. I totally understand being a fan 
I don't understand being obsessed with the celebrity. <laughs> so they, but Swifties yeah. know where she's at, what she's doing, who she's with at all times. Um, so I think part, I think it's, I think it's a combination of both things. It's her, her just worldwide fame, like you discussed. And then just the fact that her fans are next level loyal to her. Yeah. So let me just tell you a quick little story. Uh, last weekend, not this weekend, the weekend before, uh, I was at a members club that I belong to. It's called Zero Bond. It's here in New York City. If you're a Swifty, you've definitely heard of it because Taylor Swift has, has been there quite a few times. I was there at the same time Taylor Swift was there. I only saw her for a brief second. I wasn't like sitting next to her. She was in a back room with Selena Gomez, uh, Brittany Mahomes, that crew. Uh, but I left Zero Bond eventually. Taylor Swift had already left at this point, you know. Uh, and uh, she got, she, I think she went out a different door because she couldn't go out the front door. There's too many people. Well, I, I wasn't aware. I walked out because I was just ready to go home. Girls everywhere. I mean, sitting Indian style on the ground, waiting with their mothers. I was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? And they were like, oh my God, where's Taylor? You know, every time the door opened, they're like getting ready to jump because they think that it might be Taylor. And they're like, oh my God, where's Taylor? And I was like, ladies, I hate to break it to you. I was like, I think she left. And they were like, no. One girl was like, that's it, I'm going home. Um, so yeah, you're right. They know exactly where she is. They follow her every move. And uh, you, gotta you gotta respect the commitment. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, there are worse things they could be doing with their life, I guess, but it's, it's all exhausting to me. My mom travels all the time and I always tell her, I can't keep up with you. Like, I don't know what city you're in. So if I can't keep up with my own mom, I definitely can't keep up with Taylor Swift. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, Amber, thank you so, so much. You were great. And um, see you soon, right? I'm, and I will never make, I'll never make the mistake of, of, of misnaming you. Uh, we won't even say it again. That was just like probably the worst insult I could have given you on a Monday. So my apologies. Hey, that means the week can only get better. There you go. We like that attitude. Thank you so much. Thanks, Charlie. Outkick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Okay, uh, let's move on to another reason why we can't have nice things in this country anymore. There is a small town in Wisconsin that is now waging war on Christmas. 
Yeah, literally the happiest time of the year is no longer acceptable because of liberal insanity. Uh, it's a town called Wauwatosa. It's in Wisconsin. And its city employees have been asked by email to avoid holiday decorations in public buildings if they are religious-based or those solely based on Christmas. So instead, the city is suggesting neutral, inclusive decorations such as snowflakes, snow people, people. Yes, I said snow people uh, because you can't say snowmen anymore because it's, you know, it's, it's unacceptable. It, it is not inclusive. Uh, but also, the email cited if they're going to include lights or colors of some sort, instead of just doing red and green, because, you know, you're not allowed to do that, they should also include blue, green, purple. And honestly, I, I totally can tell who this is coming from. I don't know the exact person that wrote this email, but I have a, a vision in my mind, and I'm pretty sure I'm spot on. Uh, but seriously, how crazy is it that every holiday has now been deemed to be unacceptable because of the fear someone's feelings are going to get hurt in the process? The left has already tried to cancel Halloween a few weeks ago, and now they're moving on to Christmas. I mean, is there anything left that liberals are tolerant of? They insist everybody else be tolerant of their madness, yet they constantly attempt to cancel everything that makes normal, well-adjusted people happy. So if I'm a city employee of Wauwatosa, I'm going to claim that I'm colorblind. I'm gonna be like, I'm sorry, I had no idea that they were red and green. I'm gonna put them up anyways because there is no chance somebody is going to tell me what holiday I can and cannot celebrate. This isn't just an attack on happiness. This is also an attack on Christianity. This is made very clear. Uh, and this is something we are used to seeing from the left. Uh, so it's time for it to stop. Everybody, please, if you want, hang your red and green up, especially those in Wauwatosa. I really hope there is somebody from Wauwatosa watching. And I implore you to do exactly what you want. No one should be able to tell you how to celebrate the holidays. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. And on a final note, because I touched on it so briefly uh, earlier on in the show about seasonal affective disorder. It is really something. It's real. And it does affect a lot of people. And like I said, I think that it affects me. And it happens when the days get darker. You have less light because obviously less vitamin D coming to you. And that's what helps to boost your serotonin levels. Uh, and it is something that can really affect you. So if you also are suffering from seasonal affective disorder, I have been suggested that I get, it's called a red light, and it's almost just like a, a box that glows you put inside your home, and you sit in front of it for some period of time when you wake up in the morning and when you go to bed at night. It's, it's said to have been a huge help to those who have used it, so I'm going to get one of those. I'll let you know about my experience, but also if you are experiencing, it's called SAD uh, for short, uh, which makes sense, uh, you should look into getting one too, and then we can all compare experiences. Uh, but everybody, that's all the time we have. I'm sorry we didn't get more into the Jim Harbaugh stuff. Uh, we'll definitely get more into that tomorrow because a lot of blowback happening, uh, a lot of reaction happening to the fact that he has been suspended for the final three games of the season. Was it justified? Is there going to be an appeal? Uh, we definitely want to get more reactions, so that will be coming your way tomorrow. So be sure to tune in to Outkick the Morning for all of that and, of course, so much more. So everyone, please hit the subscribe button, get those alerts, like, comment, follow me on social media at Charlie on TV. And on that note, everyone, go have a happy Monday and we'll see you tomorrow.